Praise God. Well, I just want to say thank you to everybody that helped with Vacation Bible School. Man, I know it's a blessing in all those kids' lives. I was just getting caught up looking at the pictures there. Just thought maybe just going to keep rotating them and just keep watching. They're just cool to see all those kids there. Amen? So everyone that helped up there, you worked with food and everything, God bless you. Thank you. Matter of fact, everybody just give them all a hand clap. You know. I also want to give you a report and tell you that I talked to Bethany down at Casa Angelina in, in Guatemala yesterday. They took the, the food truck we bought out for the first time yesterday. They dedicated three. There's, there's a team going down there right now. There's like 70 people down there working. And so they dedicated three uh, more widows' houses. They got finished. And so they used the truck and took everything over there. And so we, we, we got service out of it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So anyway, uh, we're still working to get the second van that we're going to ship down there. We've got one van already, and we've got a second one we're going to be shipping down there. Uh, I had to laugh. Uh, Tommy Atkinson over at Cecil Atkinson is helping me get those vans, and so he told all the workers that they wanted the, that they were going to Guatemala, and they were for us, and that they wanted the best ones they could get. And so yesterday, they, uh, one came in, the second one came in on Monday, and he called me, told me, hey, we got the van. And then he called me yesterday and said, hey, uh, my guys rejected it. He said they went back there and started digging around underneath it and found out that somebody replaced the bumper. And then they started looking more and said, hey, this thing might have been in a wreck. And that's not good enough to take down to the orphan. Send it back, Tommy. And so they had to send the thing back to get another one now. So I'm like, well, praise God. They're all working for us. Amen. So anyway, so we're still working on that. So just if you... You know, if you, we've already taken up the offering, but if it's something you want to be a part of, well, then certainly put on your offerings about the van, and uh, it's going to be a big blessing for them. So they're excited to get it. So get your Bibles out. Woo! I got a message today. I usually don't, I don't know why, I just don't usually preach direct messages on, you know, Mother's Days and Father's Days. I don't, you don't know what's going to happen. But today I have a Father's Day message. So fathers, get ready. Go to the Old Testament, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, and all the proud, yes, all who do wickedly will be stubble. And the day which is coming shall burn them up, says the Lord of hosts, that I will leave them neither root nor branch, but to you who fear my name. The son of righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings. And you shall go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. I always like that kind of part, right? Doesn't that sound good? And you shall trample the wicked, for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. And on that day that I do this, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of Moses, my servant, which I commanded him in Horeb and all of Israel, with the statutes and judgments. Behold, I will send you... Elijah the prophet, before the coming and the great and dreadful day of the Lord. And he will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and the hearts of the children to the fathers. At least I come and strike the earth with a curse. So, right there at the very end of the, of the Old Testament, there's a prophecy being loosed by Malachi saying that God is going to come back. Before God comes back, he's going to send a, a, a basically a healing to families. That there's going to be an anointing over fathers to minister to their children, and the children are going to turn to the fathers because of that anointing. Y'all with me? 
So the title of this message is The Father's Anointing. And I want to show you this this morning. If you just go look in Matthew chapter 11, because see, I just like to let the Bible interpret itself. I don't like to try to have to interpret it myself. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. This is Jesus speaking. And from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violent, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law and the law prophesied until John. And if you're willing to receive this, he is Elijah who is to come. He, has ear, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Jesus himself says when John the Baptist came on the face of the earth, he came in the spirit of Elijah. And so, in my understanding then, if John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah, then this whole prophecy in the book of Malachi is possible now because of what Jesus did on the cross for each and every one of us. That there's an anointing that can be on the life of a father to minister and bless his children, and his children respond back and, and to that anointing, and there be miracles and healings. Now, I heard this. I, I, this is not, I, I can't take credit for this, and some of you may be shocked when I say this out of my mouth, but I heard this the other day from another preacher, and uh, I thought I had to use it. But, to, you know, I need, to, I need to talk to you this morning about the F word. That's forgiveness. See, what were you thinking? What were you thinking, huh? Because you see what happens to us in life, we're products of our raising. And you may not have had a, a father that was nourishing and nurturing and blessing and, and taught you the things of God. And so because of that, then you developed and you were created and you have a certain psyche on the inside of you and a certain way of doing things. And so you do that based upon what you learned in your environment and your behavior. Okay, but just because of that, and what I'm preaching to you this morning is, you don't have to live like that. But as long as you hold your father in unforgiveness, you will never be free to be the man of God that God called you to be. That's the bottom line. As long as you say, well, my father, he was sorry. My father, this, my father. And you live like that. Then you're holding yourself captive. It's like you're in prison and you have the keys to open up the door to your cell and walk out. But because of unforgiveness, you've kept yourself in bondage and therefore you're stifled. Therefore, you're going to raise your children just like you were raised. And that's the curse that's upon the face of the earth right now. Is that fathers are doing what their fathers did to them and they're doing it to their children and creating a cycle of wrong behavior and it just keeps going over and over and over. But today, I guarantee you, when I get through with this message, that the anointing of God can break the curse off your own life if you're willing to do that one thing, forgive. Now, if right now you shut me off, if you're out there listening and watching this, this broadcast today and you shut me off right there and say, well, I ain't listening to him, I ain't never going to forgive that guy in my life, well, I'm sorry, you're caught, you're still in prison. And you cannot get free. But for the sake of your children and for your children's children, I want you to hear this message. And I want you to hear me out today. I want you to go to Galatians chapter 4, verse 6. And let me show you how, what I'm basing this off of. Galatians 4, 6. It says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Now listen to me. When you got saved, you made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life. First of all, if you haven't, 
then you're still in prison. I'm sorry. You're going to have to make Jesus the Lord of your life. Ask him to come into your life, forgive you of your sins before you're going to walk in victory. But if you have, the Bible says right there, according to Galatians 4 and 6, that God sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart. Do you know that you can't, you can't be a proper father until you can be a son? Hear what I'm saying? You can't be a proper father until you know how to be a son. But listen to me. He says right there, he sent forth the spirit of his son, Jesus, into your heart so that you could learn to be a son and cry out, Abba, Father, so the anointing of the Father could then flow through you unto your children. He's already done it. You may not even understand it, but the moment you got saved, the anointing to be a father was in you. Because God put his spirit of his son in you, so now you can be a son. And now you know how to respond to a father. So then you can be a father. Hello? So if you agree with me, if you agree with me, give me a little, give me a little, you know, like a, uh, give me a little something out here so I know y'all are agreeing with me, okay? If I can't get an amen, I'll get a lightning, a light flash, okay? Okay, so I want you to go to Proverbs chapter 20. So how does this work? How does this take place? Well, listen, when you have a right relationship with your heavenly father, then you can have a relationship with a son or a daughter, your children. The relationship's got to be right with your heavenly father before you can be a father, before you can become a good earthly father, all right? Now, Proverbs 20, verse 7 says something. It said, a righteous man walks in his integrity... And his children are blessed after him. A righteous man just walks in his righteousness, his integrity, his relationship with his heavenly father. And because he does that, then his children are blessed. So you say, well, how do I do this, Pastor? How do I do this? Well, I'm, I'm showing you. I want to show you here in a minute. I'll give you seven points here in just a minute about talking to your children. But... What I want you to understand is you're not going to be able to do anything I'm preaching to you this morning. Anything else I say, you're not going to be able to do the seven points until your relationship is right with your heavenly father. And your relationship with your heavenly father has to be right. And it can't be right if it's not right, if you're not right with your earthly father. Now, my father, my father's gone on to heaven. He, he died 25 years ago. Okay. I don't have my earthly father with me. And I didn't have an ability to, after I got saved, to go to him and, and ask for his forgiveness and, uh, and talk to him and, and really reconcile things. But I know I have in heaven, right? I know that I've got it straight with my heavenly father, with my relationship with my earthly father, so that I can be a good father. If you hold your father, listen to me, if you hold your father in unforgiveness, it's a, it's a, it's a, a plain, simple statement here this morning, guys. If you're mad at your father, you're never going to be right in your relationship with your heavenly father, therefore you're not going to be a good earthly father. You can't do the seven things I want to tell you to do here in a minute until your relationship is right with your heavenly father. Are you with me? You might not even, you may, if, if you know right now there's bitterness in your heart, you have unforgiveness in your heart towards your heavenly father, then I want to tell you right now, you got to get it straight. 
Now, I'm the kind of person, I don't like to be unprepared. He may even say I'm a little bit paranoid at times, okay? And so I don't like to be unprepared. If I was going to war, if I knew that I was going to walk out of this building and that I was going into the midst of war and that there would be people trying to kill me and there's going to be war, I wouldn't just go lollygagging outside. Are you with me? I would make sure that I had enough ammo. I'd make sure that I had a, my gun was clean. I'd make sure my gun fired. Hello? If you knew your life depended on it, man, you'd be, you'd be prepared, right? Well, I'm telling you this morning, it's that, it's that important. It's that serious for you to get your relationship right with your earthly father so that you can go on and be a good father yourself. It's that important because the devil will take you out. He'll get you tripped up in life. He'll get you messed up. Listen, it's not worth living in bondage. Okay? So I got to believe right now that you're at least thinking about it if you haven't. And if everything's good and cool, glory to God, then grab hold, strap on your boots tight because we're going to hit these seven points and I want to show you something here. Go to Luke chapter 15. Story of the prodigal son. We all know it. I love it, but I want to read a little bit of it, and then I'm going to show you something. Because we're going to talk about the relationships of fathers and sons. And excuse me, when I say sons, I'm meaning this as a generic term. Daughters, you're included in the word sons if I quote the word sons. Children. Luke 15, 20 is where I want to start. You know the first part, the prodigal son goes out and he, and he does what he's doing, and he's, but I'm going to start where he's coming home. And he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great way off, the father saw him and had compassion. He ran and fell on his neck, he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to the servant, Bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand, sandals on his feet. Bring out the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and be merry, for my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. Now the older son was in the field. And as he came, he drew near the house and he heard the music and the dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said, your brother has come. And because he's received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. He was angry and he would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and he pleaded with him. So he answered and said to his father, Lo, these many years I've been serving you, and I never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I make, make, might make merry with my friend. But as soon as the son of yours came, he has devoured your livelihood with harlots. You killed the fatted calf for him. And you said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that I have is yours. It is right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead, and he's alive again, and he was lost. And is found. Now, I want to show you seven points here out of this phase of the story about the relationship of a father to a son. Okay? Men, I want to tell you today, I want you to be the greatest fathers on the face of the earth, and I want you to raise the greatest sons and daughters that you've ever could be raised on the face of this earth. They're the next generation. They're the ones that are going to have to change this crazy world we live in. Now, let's say you're older, like myself, and your children are already raised. Well, listen to me. You're still going to take these seven points. You're still going to have these seven points because I'm going to show you at the end of them how to pray these points over your family. So 
You may be sitting there right now because, I, see, I got, a, I got a diverse crowd. I have all of y'all in here and I have everybody out there listening. So I don't know who's out there. I got, I got people out there that got babies and I got people out there that are 80 years old this morning watching this broadcast saying, gosh, I wish I'd have done better than raising my children. Okay? So I got to preach all around out here. I got to get it. I got I to hit all, all, all points. And you got to grab hold of it by the Spirit of God and take out of it what fits you in the life you're in right now and where you're at, okay? But you, you got to understand the relationship of a father and a son, okay? And the first thing that you've got to understand is, is fathers, you have to, children must know that you're pleased with them, not by their performance. Hear what I'm saying? These are good points, guys. They've got to know that you're pleased with them, but not by their performance. You notice when the prodigal son came home and he comes up to the father, he's got his speech all laid out. I'm a sinner. I'm not worthy to be your son. Just let me be like one of the hired servants. And the father said nothing about you dirty, rotten, no good, sorry, failure. You knew you wasted my money. You blew your inheritance. You went out. And you, you didn't hear the father say anything. You, you hear the father immediately turn to the servants and say, bring out the ring, bring out the best robe, bring out, bring out the kill the fatted calf, bring it out here. In other words, he didn't love the son based on his performance. He loved the son because he was his son. Hello. Children have to know they're loved because they're your children. Now, see, I'm vicious about this. My, myself, my, my kids, I've always, they would be wrong and I would stand up for them and defend them and then take them home and saying, see, I love you, right? But what you did was wrong. Family means a lot to me. Blood means a lot to me. And I want to tell you something. They, your children have to know if, you're, if they're only, you only tell them they're doing good when they do something good, you've already messed up. Hello? Can I get a, can I get a, can I get a light? You got to tell kids they're good because they're your kids. I love them because they're my kids. They're my blood. Hello? Okay. Look what God the Father did. Matthew 3, 17. God the Father said, and suddenly a voice came from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. God showed affirmation to Jesus before Jesus had ever even done a miracle. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. That was before Jesus went to the cross. That was before he turned water into wine. That was before he healed the lepers. That was before he did everything. He was affirming Jesus. God the Father was affirming Jesus because he was his Son. And listen to me. And this goes both ways, parents, but fathers especially. Your children need to be affirmed because they're your children. They're your sons and daughters. Amen? And you're going to see the Father's anointing then released over them and breaking off the junk in this world because the junk in this world is terrible. All right, number two. In Luke 15, 20, it says, he arose and he came to his father, but when he was still a great while off, the father saw him, he had compassion, he ran, he fell on his neck, and he kissed him. Now, some of you men aren't going to like this, but listen to me. Your children must see you're not, a sh you're not afraid to show affection. Oh, it got quiet. 
See, my father never showed me affection. He never showed me love. He never showed me, you know, a handshake, an affirmation. I knew he loved me. He did things for me. But there was no pat on the back. There was no hug. There was no, no, definitely no kissing. All right. But that was a generation that he was raised from. And that was the way they were raised. And I understand that totally. I got no problem with it. Okay. But I broke that with my family. My family, I tell my children I love them. My family, I, I, I hug my children. I, I, I have, I, I, you know, I, I show affection to the much as I can. All right. And your kids need to know that you're not afraid of that. They need to know, because listen to me, no matter what this world says, no matter what this world shows them, they need to know the firm, loving arm, hand, hug of a father. You can say, well, you know I love you. It's like, you know, the guy that gets married and have their 50th anniversary and says, you never did tell me you love me. I said, I did. The day we got married, you know what I mean? It don't work like that, guys. Your wife doesn't like it and your kids aren't going to like it either. Show affection. Let them see that you're not scared of it. God did. This whole story here, the prodigal son, is Jesus explaining the father's relationship to his son. He ran off. He hugged him. He kissed him. Showed them affection. All right. Number three. In verse 21, I'm still in Luke 15, 21. And the father said to, the, to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight, no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, bring out the best robe and put it on him. So the third one is what I said just a minute ago. The third one is children must know you're not going to magnify their faults. Not gonna, you're not going to live magnifying their faults. They already know they made a mistake. They already know that what they did was wrong. They don't need you to keep bringing it up. They need your affirmation. They need your love. They need your strength. They need that anointing of a father to break that junk off of them. Hello? Let me go to the next one. Number four. I'm in verse 28 now. It says, but when he was angry, this is the elder brother. When he was angry, he would not go in. Therefore, his father came out and he pleaded with him, said, lo, these many years I've been serving you and I've never transgressed your commandment at any time. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as the son of yours comes in, he devours your livelihood with harlots and you kill the fatted calf for him. Now, What's interesting about this, it says, but he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore, the father came out. The fourth thing is you children need to understand is in life is that you know how to listen. I think it's pretty amazing in this story of God showing the relationship of the father. When the elder brother wouldn't come in, he didn't say, I just let him sit out there and stew. I'm not going out. The father went out. You notice twice here, the father ran down the road to meet the younger brother, and then he went outside the house to meet the older brother. You have to develop that. Your children have to know that you're willing to listen to them. Because see, a lot of times what happens is we don't want to listen. We just want to teach. We just want to instruct. We just want to tell them what to do. When the truth of the matter is, 
You're going to get more out of the anointing of a father by listening to them. Look at this. He listened to him. He let the, the elder brother go off. He let the other elder brother tell us all of the reasons why he was feeling bad. And he listened. He just listened. You've got to learn to listen. But now, here I just told you at the start of this, at the start of this message, I just told you that because God placed the spirit of his son in you, all you got to do is get your relationship right with your own heavenly father, and you will become a good earthly father. You'll develop, the spirit of God will develop in you the ability to listen. And to listen and hear what your kids are really saying. You see, the father was looking here, and, and, and what could, I mean, just reading the story, you could pick out different things. Well, you're just jealous of your younger brother. You've always thought he was better than you. You thought I favored him more. You're, you're just, you know, you could, he'd come up with all these different things. But the father listened to what the elder brother had to say because he knew he was, had some pride issues. He knew he had some fear issues. He knew he had some different things going on the inside of him. But he was waiting to hear so he could hear what he needed to really minister to because he knew that's what was going to set his son free. That's the whole key. It's not about you being right. Are you showing them they're wrong? It's about finding the place that sets them free so they can grow and be bigger than you are. I want my son to be so much bigger than I am. I want my daughter to succeed so much more than I've ever done. I want them to be greater. I want them to be the people. And they say, oh, yeah, well, I had a father. And they say, what was his name? That's the way I want it to be. I want them to succeed more than ever in life. And I'm not gonna, they're not going to succeed unless I can listen and hear what they're needing. Can I get into the light? This may be the new hit. The fifth thing. So this takes us to the elder brother still. The fifth thing, he says, is he speaks to the elder brother, and he finds out what's wrong with him, and then he listens to him and says, it was right that we should make merry and be glad, for your brother was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and is found. Your children must know that, they're, that you're going to help them through their faults. In other words, the father let the elder brother do all of his talking, and then he came down to the point where he said, let me help you understand something. Your brother was going to go to hell. And eternal life is worth more than natural life. He showed him the errors of his ways and where he was missing it, he didn't magnify his faults. He helped him to understand what was really going to bring life to him. Your children need to know that you're there to help them through their weaknesses, help them through their faults, not judge them for their faults, not persecute them for their faults, not belittle them for their faults, but you're there to help them through their faults. I don't know how many times I've said to my children, well, I don't really know what the answer is, but let's just pray and we'll figure it out. I don't mind saying I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to make something up if I don't know. If there's something going on in life and I don't really know how it's going to, how we're going to, how God's going to sort it out, I, I, I don't, I don't, no sense faking it. I just say, Lord, I don't know, but let's figure it out. Let's pray and God will give us an answer and we'll figure this thing out. And we'll go forward. All right. 
Your children have got to know that you're just going to, you're there to help them through their faults in life. The sixth one. This is Psalms 144, verse 12. It says, Psalms 144, 12 says, that our sons may be planted, plants grown up in their youth, and that our daughters may be as pillars sculptured in palace style. Your children must know that you are there to help them succeed in life. Your purpose in life is that you are there to help them succeed in life. You are behind them. Listen to me. If you think that you're going to raise your children until they're 18, they're going to leave the house and they're gone, you don't have to deal with it anymore? <laughs> Can I have a few lights in that one? <laughs> yeah, you're greatly, greatly deceived, okay? You're going to be there imparting into your children to the day you die. All right? But that's what... You may not have known what you were signing up for, but that's what you signed up for. All right? You may have thought you're just going to have these little sweet little things and just love these little kids. They just want me a baby. So want me a little baby to love on. And then they're 25. Okay? Your kids have got to know that you want them to succeed in life. And you're there to help them succeed in life. Now, that doesn't mean that you give them everything that they want. It means you, you are going to pray, and you're going to have that Father's anointing on your life to impart into them. See, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trying to tell you how to do any of this except supernaturally. Naturally, you're going to figure that one out because everything's going to be different for every different individual child you got. But I'm talking about the supernatural principle of the Father's anointing. That's how I raised our children. My wife and I raised our children supernaturally. Because naturally, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> right? I had to have the supernatural anointing of God to get through these times. Okay? So Psalms 144.12 says that our sons will be as plants grown up in their youth and our daughters will be as pillars sculptured in Palestine. I have... I'm going to show you some scriptures in a minute, but I have prayed that scripture over my children every day that I have been saved. And you may say, well, couldn't you have found a better scripture than that? Nobody just speaks to me that my, my son's going to be as a strong plant. He's going to be grown up. He's going to be a, this, this, this strong plant. And that my daughter, beauty, sculptured in Palestine. And that scripture spoke to me years ago, and I grabbed hold of it, and I prayed every day. said, Lord, I just declare my kids, they're blessed. I want them to succeed. My son's going to be a strong plant, grown up in his youth, and my daughter is going to be sculptured in Palestine. The seventh one. This is the last point, and then I want to give you some scriptures. Ephesians 1.22. Ephesians 1.22 says, And he put all things, he being God, put all things under his feet, being Jesus, and gave him, Jesus, to be the head over all things to the church. All right? Now let me put that, let me just put that in South Texas paraphrase here. God beat down the devil, put everything under his son's feet so that he could be ruling over the church. All right? Seventh point about raising your children and the father's anointing. 
The seventh one is children need to know you'll fight all of hell for them. My daughter and my son, they know that I would fight all of hell for them. And I don't know how many times that issues came up and things came up and whether they were right or they were wrong, I was going to fight all of hell for them. Your children need to know, and that is the Father's anointing, that you will fight all of hell for them. That no matter what, you'll stand at the gates of hell and say, no way, that ain't going to happen. You mess with them, you're messing with me. Okay? So, let me give you a place to start. All right, with your kids. Now, moms, you can grab a hold of this as strong as your dads can. But this is a place that you need to write these scriptures down. Okay? Because the place that you can start over, let's just say right now you, you feel like, oh, man, I don't know if I've done good. I don't know if I've been successful. I don't know if I've you know, done what I should have done. Or well, this is a place you can start right now by praying these scriptures over your kids every day. All right? The first scripture is Philippians 1 and 6. Philippians 1, 6 says, Be confident the very thing that God has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Listen to me. You may think you got saved, but you didn't get saved. God called you and you answered the call. So if you got saved and you came into the family of God, that means God's got a work started in you and your family. And he says, if I started a work in you, I'm going to complete it. So basically, if you would shut up and get out of the way, God will get you to the end of the finish line if you'll quit dragging your heels and getting in the way. So you need to pray over your kids every day. You need to speak over their family every day and say, Lord, I declare you began a good work in us and you're going to get it finished. Amen. Come on, can I get a light on that one? The second one is, a, is an easy one. And I'm not taking this scripture out of text, but if you go read it in the Old Testament, the book of Nehemiah, chapter 2, verse 8. It says, the, the, the last part of the scripture says, And the king granted them according to the good hand of my God upon me. This scripture leapt out to me years ago, and I started praying that over my family. God, I thank you that your good hand is on my family. All right? So you started a good work in us, and your good hands on top of it. Hello? The next one. The next one's another Old Testament scripture. And I'm giving you these scriptures. These are my scriptures. I'm giving you my scriptures this morning that I pray over. This isn't something I just got to, oh, well, let's tell them pray this one. These are my scriptures that I pray over my family and that I have for the past 35 years, okay? Genesis 24, 40. Can you put it in the Amplified? I don't know if we have an Amplified. Okay, we'll stick it up and then I'll tell them what it says. In Genesis 24, 40, it says, But he said to me, The Lord before whom I walk will send his angels with me. And in the Amplified, it says, And he said unto me, The Lord in whose presence I habitually walk. This changes it a little bit. But when I read that one day, it just leaped off on me, and I declare over my family that they're going to have a habit of serving God. Hello? He started a good work in them, his good hands on them, and they've been doing it for so long, it's just become a habit to serve God. All right? Then it takes you to Psalms 1. Psalms 1. 
Verse 1. It says, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. I declare over my family every day that they are not going to be led away by stupid people. That their, law, their delight is in the law of the Lord, and they're not going to get into the counsel of the ungodly. Nor are they going to stand in the paths of sinners. Nor are they going to sit in the seat of the scornful. Hello? But they're going to hear good counsel. Okay? Started a good work. It's good hands on you. They're going to habitually serve God, and they're going to listen to the right people. Then I got my Psalms 144 scripture. Psalms 144.12. My son's going to be as a plant grown up in his youth, and my daughter's going to be as a sculptured in Palestine. Okay? So now they're getting developed. He started the good works, good hands on them. Right? You see where I'm going with this? I'm declaring over their life everything that God, in, in, in the prodigal son, everything he wanted over his family, I'm just, saying, I'm just declaring over my family. God, you started a good work in our life. Man, your hand's on us. Lord, my kids are going to habitually serve God. Lord, they're going to listen to the wise counsel. They're going to listen to godly counsel. They're going to listen to your counsel. They're going to grow up and be good people. They're going to be plants, strong plants, and, 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 and sculptured in Palestine. Jeremiah 17, 7 is the next one. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is in the Lord, for he shall be like a tree planted by waters and which spread out their roots by the river. They will not fear when heat comes, but its leaf will be green. They will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will they cease from yielding fruit. So the, the, seventh, the sixth thing I'm, uh, of scripture here that I'm praying is I'm praying that the, this Jeremiah 17, that they're going to be, man, come on, folks, go down by the Sabinal today and look at the cypress trees. They're big and got great roots on them that are stuck by the river. I want my family, I want my kids to be planted by the river. I don't want them to be up on top of the Caliche Hill. Hello? Simple wisdom here. I'm praying this scripture over them saying, Lord, plant them by the rivers of water or bring a stream over to them. And the last one, 1 John 1.3. 1 John chapter 1, verse 3. It says, and that which we have seen, we have heard and declare to you that you also may have fellowship with us. Truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And these things are right to you that your joy may be full. And I pray that their joy will be full because they're having fellowship with the Father. Now, these are, I don't know how many I gave you, seven or eight scriptures out of about five to six hundred that I pray. Okay? I just cut off the, the very first ones. Fathers, this is how you have to raise your family, supernaturally by the anointing of God. Supernaturally by the anointing of God. This is what you need to be doing. This is what you need to be speaking and declaring over your family so that they'll walk in victory and success. And when you raise your kids to be like this, then they're going to be better than you, and then they're going to raise their kids to be better than they are. And instead of us as generations going down, we... Start taking generations up. Amen? Amen? So no matter where you started from, whoo, it can only get better. Right? So I want you to do something now. I want you just to close your Bibles. I want you just to stand to your feet. 
For those of you out there listening and watching the broadcast today, listen to me. I just want you to know, Jesus loves you. He cares for you. And if you don't have a relationship with him, well, the Bible's simple. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you'd confess with your mouth and you'd believe in your heart, in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you'd ask him to come into your life that he will forgive you of your sins. He will wash you in his blood and he will make you right and new. That's the first place you've got to start is in your relationship with Jesus. To all of you in here, I've got two prayers for you this morning. Number one is that you know that you're right with God. That you know, that you know, that you know that you're right with God. When you've gotten into that place that you're right with God, then your relationship and your fellowship with God is going to determine how good of an earthly father you will be. The better your relationship is with your heavenly father, the more wisdom you're going to have to be a great earthly father. And so what I want to tell you is, one more time, you're never going to get going anywhere unless you have gotten through the process of forgiving your heavenly father. I mean, your earthly father, excuse me. You don't have to forgive your heavenly father. You just need to be thankful to him. And I just want to add, tell, I'm going to pray a prayer over you today. And if you are struggling with that, well, I'm going to believe God that he's going to show you the wisdom you need and will set you free. The second thing I want to pray is I want to pray over you that each of you from this words today, and this message today, that God is going to inspire you to be greater earthly fathers and to take hold of the, the anointing of a father, the spiritual anointing from heaven into your life so that you can be a supernatural dad, a supernatural father. How about, does, can, I have a, can, I have a, can I have a light on? Uh, yes, you'd like to be a supernatural father? Huh? Okay. We made this, this made, y'all need to bring these to church every Sunday. <laughs> supernatural fathers. So what I want you to ask you to do is I want to ask my prayer team to come down, if you would, to be here and be up front. And then I'm going to pray for you. And then if you need Prayer, you want, you, you want to be a, uh, some of the prayer team this morning to agree with you about anything. It doesn't have to be about the message today, but if you've got something else going on in life and you need prayer, well, our prayer team's here for you. So grab that person stand beside you, and let me pray. Father, right now in Jesus' name, either out there listening, watching this broadcast, or into this building today, anyone in here that is in unforgiveness towards their earthly father, I pray for them, Lord, right now, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened and they would know, Jesus, what you've called us to do. That today they would take the keys that they have in their hand, call forgiveness, and they would open up the locks of their own prisons that they've constructed and walk out today. Lord, they would forgive supernaturally by the Holy Spirit, the wrongs, the evils that have been perpetrated upon them by men who did not know what they were doing, men that were influenced demonically, and they would open up that door, and Lord, the breath of life of your Spirit would flow into them and set them free. Holy Spirit, do it right now in Jesus' name.
set them free. Lord, I pray over every father in here and in the hearing me from the sound of my voice, that they would choose to live life by supernatural means, by the anointing, the Father's anointing, that this message today would pierce into their hearts and into their souls, and they would be affirming, they would be loving, they would be like their heavenly Father. And that anointing would flow into their life and it would change them and it would set them on a course bound for victory. Lord, I declare today that every, every stumbling block, every chain, everything that has held men back, every stereotyping, every, anything that could have been there in life for men showing affection or anything else, Lord, would be broken right now in the name of Jesus and that we would be the men of God that you called us to be and the fathers of God that you called us to be, and that we would supernaturally walk on the face of this earth as men of God, supernaturally, Lord, take on the Father's anointing and be like you, O Heavenly Father, that we would run down the road to our kids, that we would go outside to our kids, that we would want to see them succeed in everything, Lord. And so, Lord, I ask you to bless them, I ask you to minister to them today and let this be a great Father's Day. And Holy Ghost, that you take it and you confirm it and you make it happen. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, amen and amen. God bless you, church. We're here to pray for you. If you need it, go be blessed today as fathers. Hello, this is Robert Richards, and you're listening to The Waterhole, our weekly broadcast, which is now available on iTunes and all major podcast platforms. You can also watch the weekly video broadcast on our YouTube channel. Link's in the description. I pray this has been a blessing to you, and if you've enjoyed this message, please share this with a friend. God bless you, and remember, no matter where you are and what you've done, Jesus loves you.